The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. All right, what's going on, guys? A lot to get into here tonight on the wrap-up show. Aztecs basketball, 2-0 in the Mountain West. About to return to the top 25 in the AP poll. I know that's been a point of contention over the last week or so for Aztec fans. San Diego State really having their way this past week, whether it was Fresno State at home. And then this past weekend against UNLV, jumping out to the large lead and winning 72-61. So we'll get into uh, the Aztecs, obviously, and the um, success they're having right now, 13-2 overall on the basketball floor. We'll talk some Aztec football recruiting as well. As San Diego State under Sean Lewis has landed a couple of commits here this weekend, and we'll see if they land any more um, while we're live here on the wrap-up show. So it is the wrap-up show presented by Higher Impact Financial. John Schaefer with you. I'll be with you for about the next 45 minutes or so. So as you make your way in, if you wouldn't mind subscribing, whether you're here live or on replay, I do appreciate that. You can smash the like button for me, and you can follow me on Twitter at John Schaefer. That's J-O-N-S-C-H-A-E-F-F-E-R. Again, at John Schaefer, J-O-N-S-C-H-A-E-F-F-E-R. If you're here on replay, we appreciate the super thanks. If you're here live, thank you for the super chats. You can click the dollar sign below the chat box. We'll get to every single super chat here tonight. And if you want to become a member, you can uh, click join down below. You'll get custom emojis, badges, and additional content as well. All right. A lot to get to. Let's start with San Diego State basketball. We'll get into the football as well. Appreciate you guys hanging out, whether you're here live or on replay. The Aztecs had a dangerous game, I would say, Saturday coming in. UNLV had gotten fully healthy. They had beaten Creighton within the last couple of weeks. They had taken St. Mary's to double overtime before losing. Um, They had their full complement of players for the first time all season. So it was a team that had a lot to play for, obviously. It was their conference opener. For San Diego State, it was game two. And from a San Diego State perspective, when you look at how challenging the league is going to be this year, with four or five or even more potential NCAA tournament teams, or certainly more than that, teams that are capable of you know potentially vying for an NCAA tournament bid, you just can't afford to slip up at home. It's as simple as that. We know San Diego State routinely wins at home at Viejas Arena. I think I had the stat on the, uh, the wrap-up show yesterday or maybe on the pregame show that San Diego State since 2009-10 has lost 15 home games in the Mountain West. Like, that's pretty crazy. That's in... 14 seasons, maybe this is the 15th season, whatever it is. They've averaged about one home loss in the league since 2009, which is incredible. Now, it's not going to be easy to replicate that this year because of the quality of opponent. And the Aztecs are two for two so far, right? Fresno State and UNLV. And they'll still have to face, you know, the top of the league at home, the CSUs and the Nevadas and the Utah States and the New Mexicos, and you know even the Boise States. But so far, so good, because you know life on the road is not going to be near as easy for the Aztecs, and there's a myriad of reasons. Coming off the national championship game appearance, 
Um, there's always going to be a target on the Aztecs home or road. And it's going to be challenging on the road. They're going to play in some really tough environments as they always do in the Mountain West. Couple that with the fact that they're returning to the top 25 on Monday. Just gives additional incentive to opponents. The next two games for San Diego State are going to be on the road. I don't think either are easy. And that includes Tuesday night at San Jose State. They nearly pulled an upset of Boise State on Friday night. I'm talking about the Spartans. They had a guard, uh, Amy, go for 30 points. They had a lead as late as about four minutes to play. Um, they should have won at Wyoming in their first conference game. So they're 0-2 in the league. They'll be desperate and hungry getting San Diego State at home. It's a game that the Aztecs have to find a way to win. And then Saturday at the pit against uh, New Mexico, where there have been some unbelievable games over the years, including last year with Lamont Butler at the buzzer, before Lamont Butler at the buzzer in the Final Four. So, again, it was one of those games heading into on Saturday. I was nervous about it. I thought there was a scenario where UNLV was going to give the Aztecs a really good game. It could come down to a final possession or two, but that wasn't the case. And I credit a lot of different individuals because of that. First of all, the crowd. I thought Aztec fans were terrific on Saturday. They've been terrific all season long. They've just been terrific in general. And the crowd has spurred San Diego State off to good starts so often over the years, specifically this year. I think about you know Fresno State the other day. Aztecs get off to a good start at home in front of a great crowd. UNLV on national TV, Aztecs had an 18-3 lead in the game that they ended up winning by 11. So they essentially, now there was a lot of work to do, and UNLV made a run or two or three. I think they pulled to within six with about five minutes to play. But San Diego State basically won the game in the first five minutes. I mean, that's what they did. They were able to deliver that knockout punch early. And while UNLV, to their credit, didn't completely fold and collapse, this wasn't a 25-point win, and UNLV had it single digits a handful of times in the second half. Aztecs won the game early, and they just completely jumped on the run in Rebs, and they did it in a variety of ways. Micah Parrish, obviously Jaden Ladee goes for 20 and 11, and uh, everyone's playing a role. We didn't know how healthy the Aztecs would be. That was the other story heading in to this game on Saturday. You've got this healthy UNLV team that's playing good basketball against a banged-up San Diego State team. They've been banged up basically all year long, and we didn't know if Reese Waters was going to play. And if he did, would he be 100%? I thought he looked good. He played 22 minutes. He only scored four points, but he did have three assists. He made some good plays for San Diego State, specifically in the second half. And then Miles Bird was dealing with turf toe. And Bird has just come along. And he's one of these guys that as he continues to get practice time and playing time, I think he's still only played like 15 or 16 collegiate games because – you know, he only played a couple of games last year for the team that made the national championship game because of the depth at guard at the guard position. Then this year, he's missed a couple of games. So he's played like 15 or 16 college games. And look at what he has done here recently. Gonzaga was, you know, a huge factor in that game. Fresno State, before leaving due to injury, was making an impact. And then yesterday, I think he played 16 or 17 minutes and absolutely made an impact on that game. Hit a big three once again. For the Aztecs. So we didn't know if Waters and or Bird would play. They both played, looked relatively healthy and effective in the win for the Aztecs. Now, again, a quick turnaround, a lot like from Fresno State to UNLV, where you had, you know, the two-day turnaround, essentially, right? Two off days into playing a game. It's the same thing here, except you have to travel because you played Saturday. Now, you played Saturday afternoon, thankfully, not Saturday night. But San Jose State played Friday night and doesn't travel. So they've got the additional day of prep. They lack the travel. Um, obviously easy travel, and they'll make it Monday, and they can make it at any time because the game isn't isn't until Tuesday at 8 p.m. But, again, it's quick turnaround season for San Diego State in conference right now. After this game, they'll get that additional day before New Mexico on Saturday. They'll go Tuesday, Saturday. Um, but I, I don't know what else you'd really ask for. 
yesterday in the win. I get it. It wasn't perfect basketball. I talked to Brian Dutcher postgame. He you know, discussed the turnovers. He said it was too many. He, I think he might have referred to it as sloppy at times. 17 turnovers is a big number. I don't expect that to continue. I really don't. With the Aztecs, they also overcame some foul troubles in the second half. Jaden Ladee picking up his second and third fouls pretty instantaneously to start the third, or excuse me, to start the second half. And then you turn to Miles Heidi and to Marche Johnson before you went back to Jaden Ladee. And Dutch talked about the importance of having, you know, the full complement available from a depth perspective should Jaden be unavailable, whether it's foul trouble or because he needs a blow, because you just can't play 30 minutes, or excuse me, 38 minutes. He can play 30 minutes, but he can't be playing 38 minutes in conference, and especially on the road at elevation. When you're at the pit at a mile above sea level or whatever it is, and then when you're in, um, where, you know, where else? I mean, obviously Utah State in Logan, you're going to play at elevation, Colorado State, right? There's going to be three, four challenging games at elevation against really good teams where guys can't play 40 minutes and it'll be challenging maybe in those environments and at that elevation to play 30 minutes. So you have to have your full complement of your rotation available and benefiting you. And a year ago was a nine man rotation. And right now, honestly, it is a nine man rotation for Brian Dutcher and he's got improvement out of everyone off the bench. Um, whomever it's been, you know, waters came off the bench because he was out because of the ankle, but tremel has been great off the bench Jay Powell continues to improve. Uh, Miles Heidi has played 10-plus minutes, I think, in four of the last six games. He only played four or five minutes on Saturday. Um, who am I missing off the bench, guys? Um, I'm missing a key contributor off the bench um, as well. But they're getting – oh, Miles Burt, obviously, who we've been talking about. But they're getting increased productivity and scoring from their bench. And their starting five has been – you know, a premier starting five. I mean, if you look at some of the analytics, if you look at, you know, some of the resources available from a, you know, sheer lineup perspective, the Aztecs have a couple of five-man lineups in their rotation, whether it's their starting lineup and even some of their bench combinations that are like top 10, top 15 type lineups in Division One basketball. So it's exciting. It's encouraging. And they're 13-2. and two. It's the resume that you want to have. It's the resume that they dreamed of building when they put the schedule together in the offseason because they have taken on no water. Two losses, all against quad one teams on the road. They've got the quad one road win against Gonzaga, which is something that's going to carry weight all the way into March. I promise you that. Gonzaga, we know, will be good in the WCC. And you look ahead, and there's a lot of quad one and quad one opportunities, excuse me, quad one and quad two opportunities. You have to handle quad three and below. Games like San Jose State on the road on Tuesday night, which I believe is going to be a quad three game. Games like at Fresno State still to come. Um, home games against a team like Wyoming, right? Road game at Air Force. But those are actually with less regularity than the quad one and quad two games because San Diego State in their final 16 games still has 10 games against Colorado State, New Mexico, Boise State, Utah State, Nevada combined, which is a good thing. And they avoid, I think they avoid at Wyoming home Air Force, but that's what you want because you don't want to weigh down your metrics. You want to play towards the top of your league, and it's an amazing league. It's one of the top five leagues in the country, power or not, whatever. It's one of the top five leagues in the country. I think you could make an argument. It's somewhere in the neighborhood of the fourth best league in the nation right now. You could put it above the Pac-12. You could put it above potentially the ACC. And now the Big Ten is somewhat top-heavy. Obviously, you have Purdue in the Big Ten. But you look at a league top to bottom, and the Mountain West is in that you know third, fourth, fifth, sixth range, which is a power league. League that's gotten four teams in the NCAA tournament. 
each of the last two years, and there's no real reason to believe they don't get four teams into the NCAA tournament. Now, of course, there's a myriad of games to be played, and not just does San Diego State need to avoid being tripped up. Same is going to be said for the Colorado States and the Utah States and the Nevadas and the New Mexicos. But again, there's so many opportunities, and there's fewer opportunities to really suffer big-time metric hits, even with a loss. I think you could take you could take a one-off loss and survive it if you're any of those five teams because there's opportunities to avenge it against the top of the league. And the top of the league is not just the the you know the five teams that right now are projected to make the NCAA tournament, but I think you you include Boise State in there because they have good metrics, not great metrics. And then potentially, depending on UNLV and how they grow, and they got talent, and we saw it on Saturday. They got that true freshman point guard that made plays, Dedon Thomas, uh, down the stretch. You know, I think they have a chance to be much improved by the end of the year. San Diego State goes there the final uh, week of the regular season. I think March 4th or March 5th, they go to Vegas to take on UNLV and then, of course, the Mountain West Conference Tournament. My point is this. I think there are seven teams that are fully capable of winning games in the Mountain West Tournament and putting together a decent um, a decent season in conference as well, right? Vying potentially for a conference crown. We'll see. I mean, obviously it's not going to be easy for, for UNLV to vie for a conference crown. Um, but then again, they've only played one game in the league, but it's not gonna be easy for anyone. I, I really believe that. I don't think it's easy for SDSU. I don't think it's easy for CSU. Like this is going to be, the teams are going to deal with adversity and there are going to be challenges a lot and teams are going to have to overcome it. And I think the winner of the Mountain West Conference could have five regular season losses in the league. I mean, even potentially you could have like a two, three-way tie with maybe 12 and six records with the best teams in the league. But that's what you're looking at. Probably something like a 13 and five. So I would say this, like if you're an Aztec fan, and I'm sure a lot of you are, if you're here right now, don't get overly concerned with, you know, a loss here or a loss there. This is more like a power league than anything else. And when you look at a power league and you look at like, the Big 12, and routinely teams in the Big 12, like the second-best team in the Big 12 is going to have like six, seven conference losses. Yet they're still like positioned to be like a number two seed in the NCAA tournament. So that's an extreme. I'm not saying San Diego State could lose six or seven times in the league and be a two seed because that's not accurate. But the point is you could probably lose five times in the league and still have a very strong resume capable of being like a number five or number six seed potentially in the NCAA tournament, if not better than that, if they're the right five losses. Like if you've got – Five losses. I'm just making it up, you know, and and they're all to the top five outside of SDSU, so to speak, the Boise State, right? Everyone we've mentioned, then you're not hurting your metrics in all likelihood. I mean, nothing of of substance. You're not hurting your your metrics in that regard. And you'd have good wins if you had five losses to those five teams. You'd have five wins against those five teams because you're playing them a combined ten times. So five and five in that scenario. Now I think they can do better than that, and they're going to strive to do better than that. But I think you do like six and four better in those 10 games against the Boise's and above. And you've put together a pretty solid conference run. And then if you take care of business in the other games, that's where San Diego state traditionally under Brian Dutcher has been able to do that. Everybody in your crew identifies as either big Mac burger, McNuggets or McCrispy sandwich, but you're the filet fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. 
then all of a sudden you look up and you know you have maybe 13 or 14 conference wins but so far so good but it's only two games Aztecs have not been challenged yet on the road they haven't played a road conference game and even the home game they haven't played Colorado State they haven't played New Mexico so it's only going to get more challenging is the point but then again I've only seen improvement from the Aztecs since they played in Phoenix against Grand Canyon back in early December that's the last time the Aztecs lost that was all the way back I think on December 5th and since then San Diego State has won six consecutive games so a good night at Viejas Arena a great crowd the next couple of weeks I think are really exciting you've got CBS games each of the next two weekends Aztecs at New Mexico Saturday on CBS the following week the Aztecs are in Boise I think I have that right that's also on CBS then they've got a weekend in which they're not playing like a bye weekend last weekend of January and then the first weekend of February they're on Fox television big Fox I think it's February 3rd against Utah State. So four or five weekends, and the only four weekends you're playing in that five-weekend stretch, all of them nationally televised on either CBS or Fox. So SDSU getting the national recognition it deserves. SDSU should be, and we can have this conversation on the other side after I tell you about my friend Eric Lanier at Higher Impact Financial, but we'll talk about where San Diego State should be ranked come Monday at 10 a.m. Pacific on the other side. But while we have a moment, again, if you are here, if you wouldn't mind subscribing, I really appreciate that. We may have already hit 1,000 subscribers. I think we were just a handful of subscribers away from 1,000. Uh, you, you fans have been unbelievable. Aztec fans, thank you seriously for your support of this channel because I didn't really know what to make of it. I just wanted to do it because I love providing content for San Diego State sports fans. So I did it late in the summer around conference realignment, and I've just kind of done it more and more, dabbled more and more with it because there's been a lot of interest and support. So the more interest and support you guys show, I think the more I'm going to do it. So if you wouldn't mind subscribing and smashing the like button and following me on Twitter at John Schaefer. And again, if you're here on replay, thank you for the super thanks. If you're here live, we appreciate the super chats. And again, if you want to become a member, you can click the join button down below. You'll get custom emojis and badges. But while we have a second, I do want to remind you about our title sponsor, Eric Lanier at Higher Impact Financial. It would be really hard to do this without the support of our viewers and without the support of Eric Lanier, who is a San Diegan and the founder of Higher Impact Financial. Based in Southern California, a financial planning firm, and he has found that he solves two major problems for people that meet with him. The first is that he's found that too many people do not have a financial plan, or if they do, it's outdated. And the second problem is that most of us just don't have clear, defined financial goals. So, the link for Eric's website is down below. If you're ready to get better results with your wealth, then you've got to set up a 15-minute call with Eric. It's simple. It's easy. It's quick. He will help you. He will save you money. He can make you money. Eric's firm is different than anything you've experienced from a financial advisor. And what sets him apart is the questions he'll ask to discover what truly matters to you. So again, you can tell him I sent you and the wrap-up show sent you. But again, if you're looking for help with your financial goals and future. Get in contact with Eric Lanier at Higher Impact Financial by clicking that link in the description down below. By the way, if you're here as well, if you want the audio-only edition of this show, which I do sometimes with, with YouTube shows, like if you don't want to watch on YouTube and you want to watch like the podcast version because you're in your car or you're literally at the gym or going for a run or just out and about or doing dishes and you got AirPods in, you can click down below. There's the audio-only podcast edition I post immediately after the show. So if you're looking for the show in audio-only form, you can do that by clicking the link in the description down below. Um, regarding San Diego State and the fact that they weren't in the AP poll this past week, it is what it is. 
at the end of the day, it truly does not matter. Although you could say it sets a narrative, right? And there's something about like perception becoming reality and the fact that they've been disrespected. But San Diego State will absolutely be ranked on Monday. They were literally the first team out this past week, even though they should have been, they should have clearly been in over Gonzaga after a 10-point win at Gonzaga on uh, last Friday night, but whatever. Um, water under the bridge, I guess, at this point. But I put a poll at the top of the live chat, like where do you think San Diego State's going to be ranked? I think they're going to make a serious jump tomorrow because of what has happened in the top 25 this week. You had multiple teams between 15th and 25th lose um, multiple games. You had Clemson lose twice. You had Providence lose, I think, their best player and lose two games this past week. They had some teams have good weeks, like Seton Hall picked up a win over Marquette this past weekend. But there's a number of losses between 16 and 25, even as, as low as like a 13 Colorado State losing this week. Um, I'm missing a number of others, but there were a lot of Texas, I think, at number 20 lost this week. But there's, there's four or five teams within eight or nine spots of San Diego State that lost at least once this past week, which means the Aztecs could conceivably jump four, five, six, even seven spots. I'm going to go conservative, and I'll say 21st. I think they probably should be higher. The metric San Diego State is starting to lean into the high teens, low 20s. So anywhere between like probably 17 and 21 is appropriate. Um, I'll say 21st. I could see it though being, I'm optimistic and hopeful it could be as high as like 19 or 20, but I'll just say 21st as to not get my hopes up too much, but there's no reason that they shouldn't be ahead of Clemson and Providence and Texas. And there's a couple of others I'm missing. I don't have it in front of me right now, but you guys in the chat can look it up. Um, you know what I'm talking about? I mean, if you look it up, there's five, six teams that lost between like 15 and, and 25 this week in the AP poll. So I'm encouraged and my fingers are crossed and I'm hopeful that San Diego state re-enters the AP poll. I know they re-enter the poll. I just don't know where they re-enter the poll at. I'll say 21st. I think it could be higher, but that's a pretty significant um, ranking, you know, in an AP poll, you know, to move potentially into the top 20 or even 21. Um, And I think it's deserved based on what they've done. I mean, the only losses are BYU and Grand Canyon. The BYU metrics remain unbelievable, even though their only real win is San Diego State at home, and they just suffered a really bad loss to Cincinnati at home in their Big 12 opener. And all of a sudden, you're going to look up, and BYU is not going to have it easy in the Big 12. But that shouldn't impact San Diego State because I don't I don't forecast a scenario where all of a sudden BYU is going 3-15 and 15 in the Big 12. And I think even if they go 6-12 and 12 in the Big 12, they'll probably still have decent metrics where San Diego State doesn't have to worry about that loss. And then the other loss is to Grand Canyon. They overcame a huge deficit yesterday in league on the road at Utah Tech, formerly Dixie State, and won that game. They still only have one loss. Um, They're in the neighborhood. I don't have the net in front of me. They were in the neighborhood of the top 40. BYU remains in the top five, and that's it for your losses. And and San Diego State's got good wins everywhere. I mean, they have one of the cleanest resumes in the country outside of teams like in the top two or three in the nation. So – FAU, thank you. I mean, FAU losing at Charlotte. They now have four losses, three of which I think are quad three or worse. I think I have that right. The Charlotte loss actually might be quad two. Potentially, I think Charlotte's metrics are actually half decent. But there's no way FAU should be ranked ahead of San Diego State. Truthfully, FAU should not be in the poll with losses to Bryant and Florida Gulf Coast. Like when you compare their losses to San Diego State's losses and you give the Aztecs a Gonzaga win, yeah, FAU's got Arizona, but they should cancel each other out to some extent. Gonzaga Road, Arizona Neutral. 
And San Diego State should be easily clear of FAU. They shouldn't be within 10 spots of each other. Yet this week, San Diego State was 10 spots behind FAU. So th there's no argument to be made for FAU at this point. In fact, their at-large resume isn't, isn't really good. I mean, I think they're going to have to fight for dear life to get into the NCAA tournament if they don't win the American. I'm Listen, if they go perfect from here on out in the regular season, they're fine. Or even if they lose like one game, maybe two. But all of a sudden, you lose a couple of more games in the American which is not a good non-power league, and they will be firmly on the bubble, potentially on the outside looking in, despite the fact that they have FAU on their chest and they were in the Final Four this past year. And I don't understand all the, the infatuation. I really don't. I do not understand the infatuation right now with FAU. Not to say they're not a good team. They just got to prove it. I think they got to go earn it right now on floor. So uh, I'm encouraged by where San Diego State could land. Now, I also am a realist. I understand that, like I told you in the league, this is going to play out, not necessarily like the Big 12, but like, you know, a typical year um, in, I'm trying to think of like, you know, this is going to play out like the Pac-12, where it's it's hard to go through the Pac-12 and go 16-2, and two, even if the league is, is down. Or it might play out like the ACC this year. It's going to be hard to go through the ACC and go 16-2. and two. It, no team is going to be perfect when they're playing on the road in this league. It's just not going to happen. So, for example, I think if the Aztecs win Tuesday night and slip up Saturday at New Mexico, where they could clearly be an underdog, we'll see. It could be a one- or two-point favorite. They could be a one-, two-, three-point underdog. Like, if you go one-and-one one next week, in my opinion, and you lose the game at the pit in New Mexico, that's not reason to warrant the Aztecs falling out of the poll. If they enter a 21 go one and one and lose at the pit, they shouldn't all of a sudden fall back to 28 or 29. Just like if Duke lost at Carolina, they wouldn't drop eight or nine spots if they did it in the ACC. So we'll see if voters recognize how good the Mountain West has been this year or not. My guess is they won't because they're typically late to adapt. And I don't think they follow the sport regionally as much as like we do <laughs> watching Aztec games. I just don't. I think there's this bias and perception that there's, you know, five leagues, six leagues that matter with the Big East. I mean, the Big East is an absolute power league. Three of the last seven national champions have been out of the Big East, Villanova twice, UConn once. But to, to pretend as if the Mountain West isn't on par with a handful of those other six leagues is just disrespectful and it's just inaccurate. And if you look at it from a metric perspective, the Mountain West is stacking up and even the bottom of the league is much improved where five years ago, the bottom of the league was low 200s, high 300s in the net or the RPI or whatever it was at that point. Now the bottom of the league is like low 100s to high 200s. And most power leagues have someone in the low 100s, high 200s as well. So I think the Mountain West is really stacking up well and we'll see if these teams beat each other up, therefore hurt their ability to get good seeds in the NCAA tournament, or if someone makes a run, like does SDSU go 15 and three or 14 and four? Does CSU go 15 and three or 14 and four? I think if someone can do that, they can put themselves in position to garner a really high seed potentially in the NCAA tournament. Um, we'll see. We're just underway. Tons of basketball remaining. Aztecs only at the halfway point, really, of the regular season. They played 15 games. There's 16 remaining in the Mountain West, plus the Mountain West tournament, plus hopefully more for SDSU and others in this league. But again, all encouraging what we've seen so far. I will say this. I do want to get to football for a handful of minutes as well. I will say this. Tuesday night at San Jose State is not easy. I'm telling you that right now. I was just looking at some of their numbers. I, I get it. They've got some losses that they probably should not have taken. Their metrics aren't good. They're average. But they've got some veteran players back. They have some scores. They have some size. They can lull you to sleep a little bit in the environment. It's not going to be Viejas. It's not going to be the Pit or Logan 
right? So you got to create your own energy. I think there'll be a lot of Aztec fans there in Northern California. But this is one of those games you have to find a way. I don't think San Diego State's going to be a huge favorite in this game. I think San Jose State was a five-and-a-half-point dog to Boise State Friday night, and they led for 36 minutes. before They ended up losing by, I forget what it was, six, seven, eight. So I think Boise actually covered. My guess is San Diego State somewhere in the neighborhood of a 10-point favorite, which is a pretty big number. That's my guess, that San Diego State will be in the neighborhood of a 10-point favorite. Maybe it's a little higher than that. Maybe it's a little lower. Somewhere in that 9 to 11-point favorite would be my guess. But again, that's not. this is not San Jose State of 2000. 15 or name the year right where we've seen you know aztec teams handled by 35 plus points we'll, we'll see about the game at viejas obviously san diego state in that game is probably a 20 plus point favorite but on the road coming off you know a week at home and playing really good basketball they just have to be focused and ready to go and hopefully healthy again the quick turnaround as well playing on tuesday after playing on saturday and like rich says that floor in san jose is distracting by the way you can get your comments in if you're here live i'll try to Get to some comments um, throughout the course of the next 20 minutes. I'm actually going to do it right now. Journey, thank you. He says, McClure News uh, eyes emoji. Okay, so Sean Lewis um, has really had an unbelievable first handful of weeks on the Mesa. Like, let's be honest. I think if you're if you're unbiased here, it would be hard to argue against what Sean Lewis has accomplished in such a short period of time. Now, we don't know what it's going to look like or what the results will be. It's a re- results-based business. Right, it's it's about wins and losses, and their schedule is really grueling. I would say in 2024, but the wins just absolutely keep on coming. Jeremiah McClure, who redshirted last year at UCLA as a true freshman and played at Modern Day Catholic here in Chula, has committed verbally to San Diego State. He was the second verbal commit of the weekend. Um, McClure is a Huge, huge addition, obviously, for San Diego State on the outside. I mean, that's a big-time wide receiver addition. Um, In addition to McClure, I'm trying to find it right now, San Diego State had an additional – it was a DB, right? It was an All-American out of Northern Iowa also um, that verbally committed to San Diego State. I think I liked it earlier. I'm just trying to find it. You guys have it. But, yeah, Jeremiah McClure was the first – excuse me, the one that we got tonight and then earlier – it was uh, Staley, the corner, or the DB. Um, is it Delasian? Delasian? Uh, Staley, I don't know if I'm saying that right. Uh, was an All-American at Northern Iowa in FCS football and verbally committed as well. And we'll see if they land anyone else here, whether we find out potentially on, on Monday or later tonight. Uh, but I know they had a number of people on campus. I think it was... Um, East Village Times reporting, Andre, who does a great job covering San Diego State football and basketball. Uh, Let me find it. He reported that there was a pretty big-time defensive player on campus that is in the portal from SC. Um, I need to find it. I need to find it. But you guys, maybe someone put it in the chat if you know the name. There was a big-time player in the portal from SC. He's got a couple of years of eligibility that um, was on campus this weekend as well. So... You know, I mean, what can you really say other than obviously the roster is going to have a ton of turnover, but he's brought in quarterbacks. He's brought in skill. I think his running back room is already really good. People are concerned about the offensive and defensive lines. That's understandable. Um, Foreman, thank you, Tom. Um, Tom, loyal Aztec fans just texted me. Yeah, is it Corey Foreman, Tom? 
I think I have that right. He was like a former five-star recruit. He was like a top defensive player in the country when he signed with SC in 2021, like legitimately the top defensive player in the country, D-lineman, um, who's got two years of eligibility. Now, I don't know if San Diego State gets him, but he was on campus this past weekend. Like, that's incredible. Like, that's really incredible. It is, Corey Foreman. Thank you, Tom. Appreciate that. So we'll see. Um, but, again, encouraging, exciting. Uh, they've added a plethora of DBs through the portal and with this recruiting class. And now again, via the portal this weekend with the um, the transfer out of UNI, Northern Iowa, they've added skill on the outside. They've added multiple quarterbacks. Um, yeah, he was the third ranked player in the entire class of 2021, Corey Foreman. Like, think about that. <laughs> That's unbelievable. He was the third ranked player in the nation, right? Not the third ranked at his position or in his state or, no, he's the third ranked player in the nation in 2021 he's on campus or was on campus this weekend that's the caliber of player that sean lewis and his staff are recruiting right now so cross your fingers on a player of that caliber but um still work to be done obviously not a finished roster uh offensive line defensive line i'm sure there's other areas of need i haven't fully kept up with it to be honest there there have been so many moves made um, we saw that large class that was signed with the early signing window. There'll be a later signing window still to come. There's still more players coming in right now in the portal, um, but they've got momentum right now. I think the league has a level of momentum right now. You saw the Boise State news. Um, Malachi Nelson, top quarterback recruit a year ago that went to SC to play for Lincoln Riley, previously had verbally committed to Oklahoma. He has verbally committed to Boise State, which is a massive win, obviously, for the Broncos and just for the league, I would say, in general. But the Mountain West is on an upswing right now with the expanded playoff. There are reasons to think that the Mountain West is well-positioned. We've talked about it a lot. I think they're in a better spot than the American. I really do. I think long-term, over a 10-year window, I don't even think it's close. The American to the Mountain West, assuming the – leagues remain the way they are status quo i think the mountain west will have a leg up on the american and the other non-power leagues now things are probably going to change over the next decade because you've got the two programs outstanding in the pac-12 and oregon state and washington state so things are things are evolving but i think as they evolve san diego state hopefully only benefits from that evolving landscape um of course we thought that with realignment over the course of the last year as well so you really don't truly know but again the aztecs with the investments that they've made in football and with the successes they've had in football and men's basketball, I think still remain really well positioned when it comes to potentially partnering with Oregon state, Washington state, or the continued evolution of realignment across, you know, the college sports landscape, but it's exciting. And again, I know they're coming off a four and eight year. I know they have essentially three quote unquote power games next year. If you want to call it that with Washington state, Oregon state and Cal all on the schedule, that's not easy. I think it's, I think it's unique, and I think it's exciting for Aztec fans. I like it personally. It actually looks a lot like the Oregon State and Washington State schedules because they're playing three quote-unquote power opponents, and I think Oregon State or Washington State, they're playing like four plus six Mountain West opponents. So the schedules look very similar. Aztecs also have to go to Boise next year. I think they have to go to Logan to take on Utah State. Like It won't be easy. Um, and I think if you can go from four and eight truthfully to, you know, I say this right now, Maybe Aztec fans agree. Maybe some people disagree. I think if you go from four wins to six wins and get bowl eligible next year with that schedule, I think that's a huge, huge win for the program. Now, potentially they can do better than that. Potentially they win four or five games again, but actually make big strides forward in doing that. But they just don't get the wins because of the schedule that they're playing. But I think if they can get to six wins next year, 
Um, what do you guys think? I think if you get to six wins next year, considering Cal, Oregon State, Washington State at Boise State, like all four of those are hard. And I'm sure there's another game I'm missing on there. They got a road game um, against a group of five opponent, Western Michigan as well. So it, it's it's as challenging of a schedule as the Aztecs basically have played, right? I mean, that's right up there. That's one of the more challenging schedules that San Diego State football has played. But you get Oregon State and Washington State at home, which is pretty cool. Of the six home games, Oregon State and Washington State are at home. So it's a great home schedule. And if the Aztecs can pick one of those two teams off at home, um, that would go a long way. It really would. That would go a long way for Sean Lewis in his first year. Um, and we'll see if you can get another one of those bigger games, the Cal game, Boise State. Like if you can, if you can find a way to get one or two of those games, all of a sudden you've made significant progress in year one. But yeah, Jeremiah McClure is a huge land for Sean Lewis. And you're gonna see, I mean, they're they're going to land skilled players because people are aware of what Sean Lewis has done recently, Colorado calling plays Kent State when he had some of the most efficient offenses in the country, Syracuse under Dino Babers, Eastern Illinois, right? I mean, there's a pedigree here. There's a lot of offensive success. This is no lightning in a bottle or fluke. This offense is going to be much improved. I don't know if it's going to be from day one or not. I don't know how long it's going to take, but there will be improvement on the offensive side of the ball for SDSU in 2024. That we all agree on. And then how much improvement is the question? How quickly do we see it? And then what type of leap do they take potentially in 2025 and beyond, right? Those are the real questions for me, but I do know this. San Diego State, I think, averaged something like 20 points per game in 2023. That number's going up. How much is it going to go up remains to be seen, but that number is absolutely going up in 2024 for Sean Lewis and San Diego State. So um, let me get to some of these comments that have rolled in. If you guys want to... Um, Comment if you're here live, you can uh, do so right now in the live chat. If you're here on replay, if you have a question or a comment, you can put that down below in the comment section. Again, if you're here, please subscribe. Trying to hit a thousand subscribers here tonight with your help, and we are getting closer. I think we're about six away right now. So if you wouldn't mind subscribing, year-round content for Aztec fans. Simple as that. If you want year-round content, talking San Diego State football and basketball and more, please do subscribe. If you wouldn't mind uh, smashing the like button for me, I'd appreciate it. You can follow me on Twitter at John Schaefer. Thank you for the super chats. Thank you for the super thanks if you're here on replay. And thank you for the memberships. Just click join down below. Paul, thank you for hanging out. He says, looking forward to another Aztec wrap-up show. Always nice listening to your perspective, John, both post-game and these Sunday shows. Thank you, Paul. Um, I do appreciate it. Yeah, if you missed my traditional radio wrap-up show, I do it following every football and men's basketball game. Um, you can find that as well on the iHeartRadio app. Just search for the Aztecs wrap-up show. Talked to Brian Dutcher yesterday. Talked to Darion Trammell yesterday as well. Trammell saying he was excited to head back home, so to speak. Kid out of Northern California. Um, heading back to play San Jose State on Tuesday night. But if, if you ever want more Aztec content, like between shows, right? I'm always looking for content um, around the Aztecs, around the Padres, always looking to consume it. So if you're looking for even more, you can find it. Just search for the Aztecs wrap-up show on the free iHeartRadio app. Robbie, I agree with you. I think the McClure news is, is huge. I really do. Um, these are the type of additions that will pay dividends quickly. This is the type of addition that will pay dividends quickly. So yeah, it really is it really is exciting. Rich, what's going on, man? Um, yeah, Michael last night, back to basketball, he scored 14 points. I think he was five of eight from the floor. He's been really efficient. His last two games, he's been excellent, Fresno State, and then um, this game against UNLV. So um, yeah, he's been a really good three-point shooter. I don't know if the number's in front of me, but he's got to be 40% plus still for the year. He's just 
impactful. He makes plays. He's a good rebounder. He's second on the team in rebounding. He's a, what is he, a fifth-year player now? Or is he a fourth-year player? I forget if he's a fourth or a fifth-year player. He's just a winning player. <laughs> That's what he is. That's who he is. And he's a good def- defender as well. Um, and he's just put together an amazing career in an Aztec uniform, somewhat under the radar, I would say. But what's his what's his overall record? Aztecs were 32-7 and seven last year. They're 13-2 and two this year. He's 50-9 and nine with an appearance in a national championship game. Speaks for itself. He's a winner. That's what he is. Uh, let's see here. Doug, thank you. He says, Bird on his way to being a big star. Has game offense and defense. Yeah, it's fun to watch Miles Bird, isn't it? I think Aztec fans are recognizing that. Um, I really like his improvement on defense. His long arms, he gets into passing lanes. He makes plays. And then he's very good in transition. And he can finish at the rim. We've seen that over the last three or four games. Gonzaga, Fresno State, yesterday against UNLV. Um, I think he might be a star in the making. I agree with you. And again, he's only scratching He's only, you know, scratching the surface or whatever the saying is, right? He's just played 15 or 16 college games, right? He's a sophomore and a true sophomore and didn't play as a freshman. So, um, it's a, yes, he, he's got a really bright future, hopefully throughout the course of this 2023-24 year as well. I hope not, Rich. Um, all of this is possible, though. Again, you know that the – Power conference teams are going to get the benefit of the doubt over non-power conference teams. I think maybe you'd like to think that that wouldn't hold true for programs like SDSU or Gonzaga. Like you would think SDSU gets the benefit of the doubt. Certainly Gonzaga does. Um, But for whatever reason, people just sleep on the Aztecs. I don't know if it's because the games are typically late. I don't know if it's because we live in sunny San Diego in the corner you know, the country. I, I just don't know. I don't know if it's because the DNA of the program is just winning and they just fall out of bed and win. And they do it in a manner that, you know, they do it by defending, right? By being a top 10 defense in the country, basically for each of the last 10 years. Like if you looked at the defensive metrics since 2009-10, San Diego State's got to be top 10 in the country. But, what you know, whatever. If the Aztecs tomorrow are ranked 23rd and not 22nd or 21st, and not 20th, the world will keep spinning. They still got to win Tuesday night against San Jose State. Yeah, Ole Miss was absolutely blown out. There's no world where Ole Miss should be ranked over SDSU tomorrow. Uh, Joey says, John, SDSU is going to be 27th in votes, and FAU will be ranked number five. <laughs> yeah. I know you're being facetious, but I don't care. If FAU is even ranked tomorrow, you got to be asking yourself, like, what is going on here? Were they 17th this past week? They just lost to Charlotte. Typically, teams wouldn't drop nine spots from 17 to 26, but they've already been given the benefit of the doubt. They got the benefit of the doubt with Bryant. They got the benefit of the doubt with FGCU, and now they're getting the benefit of the doubt with Charlotte? It's time to drop them from the eight people. I think we can all agree on that. And maybe they can work their way back in. They have a good roster. I like their team. I like their parts a lot. They just haven't played as well as they were playing late last year. Um, Rich, I mentioned this earlier, but yeah, I mean, San Jose State's got that really unique floor, that really unique building. Um, Aztecs typically have overcome the hurdle there. I think they've won 11 consecutive games against San Jose State, regardless of location. But again, there've been some, there've been some close games there have, um, and I expect Tuesday, you know, hopefully that's not the case, but I think San Diego State's going to need to play well to create separation. Uh, let's see here. Team Dynamo says Tuesday will be a challenge. A road win will be a cause for celebration. I agree with that. Great podcast. John Schaefer from the 266 area code, previously from Sarah Mesa. Awesome. Appreciate you hanging out. Thank you for saying that. I agree 
with everything that you're saying. You're saying 226. 226. Where is that, Team Dynamo? Or if anyone's here, let me know where that is. This is great. I would say this. If you're watching me and you're somewhere in Central or Northern California, get there Tuesday night. Aztecs could use you. And if you are anywhere near them throughout the course of the conference schedule, if you're in Vegas, if you're in Fort Collins, if you're in Boise, if you're in Albuquerque, get there and see them. They can use the support. Uh, Eden Art Garden saying, got my tickets near front row to see the Aztecs this Tuesday. See you guys there. Very cool. All right, John thinks somewhere between 21 and 23. You're, that's what I said, John. I spent 21st. I wouldn't be shocked if they were as low as 22nd or 23rd. I won't, you know, go crazy if they're ranked 22nd or 23rd. I think they probably could be as high as 18th or 19th, but I settled on 21st. So we'll see. I know this. They're ranked. They're not going to be 25th either. They're going to be higher than 25. They'll be higher than 24. Um, where from there, I don't know. It could be anywhere from probably like 18 to 23. Um, and again, with AP voters and the Aztecs, always lean on the side of them being ranked lower as opposed to higher. So I'm with you, John. I think 21st to 23rd is uh, pretty reasonable. Uh, Chaz saying, can't wait. Looking forward to being excited about football again. I mean, it's been amazing. I mean, the offseason has been, there's been so much interest and conversation, hasn't there been? So much. It's been awesome to follow. I don't typically uh, follow recruiting this closely. There's so many players, 85 scholarship players. It's not like basketball where you make two or three changes a year um, and you can really dive deep. But the quarterbacks, right, the O'Neills and the Duffies, that's exciting. Some of the news we got today, including Jeremiah McClure coming back home to San Diego State. Um, I think a lot of Aztec fans are excited, and they should be. Um, let's see. Getting bowl eligible really depend on how well the portal recruiting keeps up with the rest of the Mountain West. Yeah, possibly. Yeah, that's definitely a possibility. Um, because even if you go again with the schedule that they're going to play, you know, you could win four or five games in the Mountain West and still not reach a bowl game because you're playing Oregon State, Washington State, Cal and a road um, group of five game. So you're going to have to get one of them. You go five and three in the Mountain West. But if you don't win any of those four games, you are five and seven. So you're going to have to get somebody in the non-conference, I would say, because it's hard to go better than five and three in the Mountain West. Just off the top of my head, knowing you're playing at Boise next year, that's one of your eight games. So um, I think the point is valid. And I think San Diego State, um, yeah, it's going to be, well, actually, you play seven conference games. It's seven plus one. You play seven Mountain West games. You play Oregon State, Washington State. You have your FCS opponent in there. So, yeah, I mean, if you could navigate four and three, five and two in those seven Mountain West games, you can absolutely get to hopefully six wins. Robbie, yeah, we were talking about Corey Foreman, the uh, the edge rusher from SC, the former five-star recruit, one of the top players in the nation in his class coming out in 2021. And then this comment that says, I think the reason why we aren't ranked is the same reason Aztecs are slept on somewhat nationally because the Mountain West isn't perceived as a strong conference. Thankfully, this is changing. It sh it's so funny that it even needs to change. If anyone's been watching the last three years, this league's been awesome to watch. Great TV carve-out windows, FS1, CBS Sports Network, games on CBS and Fox, four teams in the tournament each of the last two years. This league should get four teams in in 2024. It's like, what do they have to prove? A decade ago, different iteration of the conference, um, five of nine teams got in. I understand there were some years where only two teams got in. It was a two or three year stretch where you had, you know, two teams getting in, but now you got a two or three year stretch where you're, you're as good as any non-power league in the country. And they continue to prove it year in and year out. So I think it's getting respect. I hope that continues. Um, I've advocated before for the Mountain West, not to increase league games from 18 to 20, 
which is what they're expected to do for next year. And exhibit A is what these teams have done in the non-conference. They've earned it with their play and put themselves in a position where they have built resumes and can get into the tournament. I think when you take away opportunities in the non-conference and add an additional two conference games, you're asking for trouble because if San Diego State had two additional games in the league this year, they would just be playing in Laramie and against Air Force at home. And those aren't metrics enhancers. And if you slip up anywhere in that conversation, you can potentially, you know, you could really hurt your resume is what you can do. So I would advocate to keep it at 18 and allow teams to build their resumes. I don't know if the Mount West is going to do that, but you had a team in the national championship game last year, and you've got five teams right now that have good resumes. If it ain't broke, do not fix it. That's my message for the Mountain West heading into 2024-25. All right, guys, appreciate you hanging out. Again, if you're here, please subscribe. You're on content for Aztec fans. Please subscribe if you're here. Really do appreciate it. Um, you're supporting um, really just a passion project of mine. So thank you. Would love to get to 1,000 subscribers off this video here tonight. If you wouldn't mind smashing the like button for me and following me on Twitter at John Schaefer, J O N. S-C-H-A-E-F-F-E-R. By the way, real quick, wasn't it cool? Was anyone watching the NFL today on CBS where they put up a promo a couple of times for college basketball on CBS Sports Network and CBS, and they put up the Aztec-Spartans game Tuesday night on CBS Sports Network, and they put up the Aztec-New Mexico game on CBS on Saturday morning. So I thought that was pretty cool if you were watching the NFL here this weekend on CBS. All right, again, if you're here on replay, thank you for the super thanks. If you want the audio-only edition of the show, you can click that link down below. We've got the audio-only edition of the show for you. And again, if you want to become a member, you can click the join button down below. More for you, hopefully midweek with another show and then another show next Sunday night as well, wrapping up these two road games for the Aztecs. Critical week for San Diego State, returning to the top 25, heading for San Jose State, and then Albuquerque to take on New Mexico in the pit. My name's John Schaefer. You've been watching the Wrap-Up Show presented by Higher Impact Financial. Thanks, guys. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.